listening to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, December 9th, 2019. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we have a lot to get into as we get caught up on a couple stories from last week. And of course, we have Penn State's ultimate bowl destination in front of us. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest contract extension for James Franklin, what that means now and what that means in the years coming forward. We also have the bowl discussion with Penn State officially heading to the Cotton Bowl to take on the Memphis Tigers. And we have some more player news regarding players deciding to come back to Penn State in 2020. We'll take a look at what that means for next season as we look forward to the 2020 season already. Things are shaping up pretty good for Penn State football right now, and we're going to talk about it all in today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to this episode in your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We have an RSS feed too. And if you want to leave a rating and a review, it would greatly be appreciated and it would help with promoting the show on those various podcasting platforms. So we appreciate any support you feel inclined to, to lend our way moving forward. We also want you to be a part of the show, so make sure you stay connected with us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. We also have a Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. So give us a follow on Twitter, like us on Facebook, stay connected with us, send us your questions at any time. We'll try to incorporate them into the show as well. So with all that out of the way, we have a lot to get into in today's episode. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to start off today's show with an explanation for what happened at the end of last week, why there were no podcasts on Thursday and Friday. And I'll be honest with you, I just need a little bit of time. <laughs> you know, it was a busy week. It's been a busy couple stretch here the last few weeks. And I got to a point where I felt like there was no Penn State game to look forward to this upcoming weekend. We pretty much covered all the ground as far as the bowl scenarios were concerned. And I just decided, you know what, I just need to take a little bit of time away, you know, just kind of recharge a little bit. I know there's still a lot of stuff that's out there, but I feel like we can just come back strong on Monday. Day, we'll get going again. And I, I figure now is a good time to also address the, the immediate future of the podcast. While we do try to do these shows every Monday through Friday, I'm going to admit right now, in the coming weeks as we're into the holiday season and, and everything, uh, there will be probably a day off per week. I think uh, it's going to be kind of flexible moving forward. And I'll let you guys know exactly which day there's not going to be a podcast. But I do think that there's a very good likelihood that we're going to take at least one day off each week, the next few weeks going through uh, through Christmas. And then, of course, we'll have daily episodes for you leading up to the bowl game, which we're going to talk about later in this episode. But I just wanted to put that out there right now. I know we're getting into the off season. The schedule might be changed a little bit, so we may not be doing every day, Monday through Friday, but I'm going to try to have a good number of episodes for you throughout the week as we try to sort through things, uh, going through the holiday season, into the off season. There's still a lot of ground to cover, so we're still going to make sure we have some daily fresh content for you as much as possible, but it's that time of the year where uh, with my work schedule and of course uh, the holidays and everything, I may need to take a day off here and there, but I won't do more than a week probably. But again, it's going to be kind of flexible. I'll let you guys know. Make sure you stay connected with us on Twitter. I'll put out the schedule on there. Maybe we'll do a pin to tweet so you know which days there will be episodes and which day there may not be an episode. And that could always change too. We could always throw in an episode if there's an opportunity to do so. But I just want to put that out there right now. Let you guys know what's heading forward the next couple of weeks here on the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. Don't worry. Plenty of ground to cover. Lots of conversation leading up to the bowl game. We have a lot of stuff to get into. So one story that we kind of touched on last week before uh, is the contract status for James Franklin. 
we all kind of knew that a contract extension was in the works. And I believe we touched on it where it was very likely that uh, on Friday, there was going to be news of a contract extension for James Franklin. And lo and behold, Friday afternoon comes around and we get the official word. Penn State has agreed to a contract extension with James Franklin. It's a new six-year deal, so James Franklin is now going to be under contract through the 2025 season. His current contract, uh, prior to this extension, had him signed through 2022. The timing of this is not at all coincidental. It comes at a time when the USC rumors are still out there, although USC has confirmed that they're going to stick with Clay Helton. But of course, uh, James Franklin had his name attached to the vacancy at Florida State. Again, maybe not too seriously. And of course, Florida State has uh, hired their head coach. Of course, we're going to talk about that as well, because that's a pretty big storyline for the upcoming bowl game, uh, which we're going to get into. But this is the, this is kind of the way that things are in the coaching business these days. You know, coaches, even if they have a couple years left on their contract, as James Franklin did, you know, if they're having some success and their name is going to be attached to various coaching rumor mills uh, around the country for other potential jobs, whether or not they're actually seriously considering leaving for those jobs, that school is going to do whatever it takes to make sure that he's happy in his current location. And you got to give Penn State praise for making sure that this doesn't become a problem later on. And of course, there's also the recent hiring of Greg Schiano at Rutgers. Maybe Rutgers is going to be kicking up a little bit of dust on the recruiting trail. This is a big recruiting tool because, of course, we are in the period for the early signing day which is coming up very quickly. So this is going to be a little bit of a, a kind of a recruiting tool for Penn State as well because other coaches can't go around and say, oh, he's thinking about leaving. You know, he may not be there for the entire three or four years or maybe even five years that you're going to be playing for that college program. So this is a big way to say that's not going to be a problem. So the, the timing of this contract extension, not at all a surprise here. Uh, I don't know if the financial terms have been put out there, but you can obviously know that this is going to have more uh, salary for James Franklin. I imagine there's more salary pool for assistant coaches and, of course, increased revenue uh, for potential facility upgrades and all that good stuff. You know, Penn State is certainly invested in this Penn State football program as they rightly should be because it is the big money maker for the whole athletics department. And it's no surprise that a coach that has gone 55 and 23 and is now preparing to take Penn State to his third New Year's Six Bowl game in the last four seasons He's every bit worthy of that contract extension. Uh, you say what you will about James Franklin. He, does he have some shortcomings? Absolutely. And you've heard it here on this podcast. There are some things that kind of hold him back from getting to that next level. That doesn't mean he won't be able to clear those hurdles moving forward as he continues to evolve as a coach. Obviously, people hope that he makes some changes every now and then because you know, Ohio State is still carrying that banner for the Big Ten. And obviously, if you want to be the best in the Big Ten, you're going to get past, you're going to have to get past Ohio State. But Penn State and James Franklin have been put in a very good position working together. I think James Franklin has done a tremendous job with this program. Again, taking this program to three New Year's Six Bowl games in four seasons, that is not an accomplishment you should be slighting or looking over and just ignoring. That is a tremendous credit to the job that he's done because not a lot of coaches out there can do that. Not everybody's Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney. Urban Meyer, you know, we'll see what happens with Ryan Day in the coming years. But you know, James Franklin has put Penn State in a very solid program 
for some long-term stability here. And I look forward to seeing what happens next. I mentioned in the intro to this podcast, as I do every episode, that you can listen and subscribe to this podcast in Spotify. And right now, Spotify is a pretty viral thing going on right now where everybody's sharing their top listen to lists and their music discovery list from Spotify. Well, I got some good news for you guys right now. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top locked on podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Nittany on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. This is a great time to see what you've been listening to. Show us what you've been listening to, and maybe we can all spread the word about the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast moving forward. Before we talk about Penn State's bowl matchup with the Memphis Tigers in the Cotton Bowl, let's talk about the 2020 Penn State Nittany Lions because there were some more roster news over the weekend that I think is a pretty encouraging sign for what to expect, at least on the offensive side of the ball. As we know, there was uh, the offensive lineman Michael Mennett last week announced that he was going to be returning to Penn State on the offensive line for the 2020 season. This following the news that tight end Pat Fryermuth was going to be coming back. And now the latest addition or continuation on the offensive line for next year is going to be from Will Fries, who announced that he is also coming back in 2020. So this is a good sign for Penn State just going ahead and moving into the spring and of course the summer and leading into the 2020 season because now Penn State has confirmed that four returning starting offensive linemen are going to be coming back. Now, I don't tend to get too carried away with the how many offensive linemen a team returns, but it is one of the things that I really take note of for teams from one season to the next because I believe firmly that having a good experienced offensive line is a good spot to be in because you have room to grow and of course they already know how to work together. They already know how to play together. You can take everything that you've learned from the previous season carry that over into spring, take a look at what things can be improved upon and move forward. And I think having four guys with starting experience on your offensive line, that is a luxury to have, especially in this day and age of college football with players transferring, players leaving for the NFL early, uh, you know, some players just not panning out. But the fact that Penn State has four offensive linemen that are going to be coming back in 2020 with starting experience, that is a huge place to be in just for starting with your offense. Because as I've said before, I expect that this offense is going to continue to grow and develop a little bit next year. I think there's a lot of talent there that is still kind of developing and that really focuses more on Sean Clifford as a quarterback. And again, I'm not saying anything negative about him. I just feel like he was a young quarterback, obviously with some room to grow, had some growing pains and some growing experiences as the 2019 season played out. We'll see what his status is for the bowl game coming up. But going into the spring, he knows that his offensive line is going to be there pretty much in its entirety. And that's a good comforting spot for any quarterback to be in, especially a quarterback that's young and knows that he has room to improve his own game. And then, of course, there's also the running game. You know, I've always said that this Penn State running back committee, it's something that can work. I still think that ideally you want to have one guy be your main guy. That's just me. Maybe it's a little old school at this point, but obviously Journey Brown has proven that he's probably capable of being that guy, but there's still a lot of good talent on in this running back committee. Assuming that they keep them all in tow, uh, that's always going to be a little bit of a concern with so many running backs, as we've seen at a number of other programs over the years. It's always possible one guy could potentially leave the program, uh, but this is a this is a good offensive team on paper going into next season because of the experience on the offensive line. You've got a quarterback who's won a couple big games along the way and still has room to improve. You've got a really good running back stable. 
And you know, there's still some room to go with the wide receivers, but you know you've got one of the best tight ends in the Big Ten. So there's a lot of good ingredients here for Penn State going into the 2020 season as far as that offense is concerned. So there's really no reason to be too down on what to expect from Penn State in uh, next season. And you know that you're going to get Ohio State at home. You're going to have to go to Michigan, but you'll get Michigan State at home. So uh, the, the, we're a ways away from worrying about the schedule. But just as this news cycle is going through and more and more player decisions are being confirmed and announced, it's looking like a pretty promising season as far as the offense is concerned for next year. Uh, still think there were some very highs and lows throughout this current season. I, we all know that. We all know that they either started fast and just hit a wall or they started slowly, which is probably more common. And then when they got going, it probably was, uh, in most cases, it was enough. But there were obviously some games like Ohio State, you know, getting off to a slow start really hurt them. Getting uh, the Minnesota game, you know, hitting that wall relatively early on didn't help their cause either. But bottom line is, Penn State's got some good offensive talent to build around moving forward. So then you see what happens on the transfer market. You see what kind of uh, recruits you come in that maybe can contribute right away. We all know wide receiver could use some more stability and more of an upgrade in uh, potential there. Uh, not to say that Penn State doesn't have it or can't develop it or find it, but that's one area where it might be a little bit of concern. But the offensive line should be in decent shape got one of the best tight ends. you got a quarterback who will continue to grow and gain some confidence. You've got some really good running backs to work with. So offensively, Penn State looks like they're in really good shape for the 2020 season. I'm not saying that this team's going to score 50 points a game, 45 points a game or anything like that, but it is a good place to be in just going into the spring when you can really fine-tune a few things and continue to develop some of these players that got some good experience this year. Now, of course, with the bowl season, Penn State is going to get some extra practices leading up to the bowl game. They have 15 practices as allowed by the NCAA. So this offense will continue to have some time to work on a couple things and iron out a couple things and get ready to see what players can take some next steps right now. And that's going to be one of the big keys because Penn State's got a pretty good matchup coming ahead their way in the Cotton Bowl against the Memphis Tigers. So this is a game we're going to talk about in the next segment. But these extra practices right now are going to be pretty important. Again, you know, you want to see if Sean Clifford's going to be back and healthy. See what he can do to kind of uh, regain some composure and kind of get some confidence, get him on, back on track after missing the Rutgers game, missing part of that Ohio State game. If he's going to be your quarterback for the bowl game, you have to make sure that he is back in sync with his receivers, of course, uh, in sync with the offensive line, all, whatever, all that good stuff. Make sure that's all on the same page. And so getting that time now to practice and maybe develop a few other younger players who maybe just got real brief playing time. Now's a good time to kind of prepare them for what's ahead, too, because now is the time when you can use bowl games to kind of test to see what you need to work on in the spring. Uh, again, you don't want to do it at the risk of jeopardizing your performance in the game or the result of the game. But I think a lot of times a bowl game is a good situation to work on a couple of things that maybe you can do to open things up a little bit. Maybe you can run a few trick plays that you've been holding in your pocket or whatever the entire season. And really, if you have any players that still qualify under that red shirt rule where you can play in up to four games, if anybody still has a game left to spare without risking their red shirt status, get them involved and especially if they've had the talent and the skill to make you do some things that maybe you haven't done at times this season get them in the involved with those practices right now if that's on offense or on defense 
Now's the perfect time to work on that. And then you can carry that over into the spring. So again, lots of stuff to look forward to, I think, as far as Penn State is concerned, going into the 2020 season. We'll see how this season ends up. But of course, in our next segment, we're going to talk about the final game of the season. It is now locked in. The Penn State Navy Lions and the Memphis Tigers in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. We'll talk about that in the next and final segment of today's episode. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our Locked On Nittany Alliance listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to get it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, all the different bowl scenarios that were in play for Penn State. And while the Orange Bowl was kind of eliminated from conversation last week, as we discussed on the podcast, the Rose Bowl was still a possibility, although it got a little trickier as far as how Penn State was going to get into the Rose Bowl. We'll talk about that and how it all played out. But the Cotton Bowl was still kind of sitting there as a last resort to keep Penn State in the New Year's Six. And as you've heard me say on this podcast for the last couple of weeks, I thought it was a shoe-in that Penn State was going to be playing in one of those New Year's Six Bowl games when the decisions were finally made. Well, on Sunday afternoon, the announcement was finally made, and Penn State is now officially heading to the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas to play the American Athletic Conference champion Memphis Tigers. I know the initial reaction for a lot of Penn State fans is to kind of say, oh, well, it's nice, but whatever, we're playing Memphis, whatever. It's a no-win situation for Penn State. I get the logic. I get the immediate reaction that says, well, Penn State's going to a big bowl game, but they're playing that group of five team that gets invited every year. They're playing a team where they should win. And if they do, they're not going to get a whole lot of credit for it. And then if they do lose, it looks even worse. I get that. But let's try to move on and erase that from our line of thinking. Because guys, let me tell you, this Memphis team is a good team. I've had the fortune of actually being able to do a lot of game previews from Memphis throughout this season over on athlonsports.com. I've done a number of game updates and post-game posts uh, involving the Memphis Tigers on College Football Talk. I've been watching this team all season long, and guys, they are a good team. I'm telling you that right now. So Penn State is not getting some chump team that doesn't really deserve a seat at the big table. This is the best team in the group of five. And if you've been following that group of five this year, you know it's been a good year for those schools out there. A lot of good teams from that group of five, especially this American Athletic Conference. Now, maybe I'm just saying this because I followed this conference a little bit closer than a lot of people tend to, especially in the Penn State community. I, I know there, there are some people that are paying attention to this stuff, but you know, the more casual fans that are out there are going to just kind of dismiss this as a game that doesn't really attract them. But I'm going to spend some time over these next few weeks trying to get you excited for this game because I got to tell you, 
I'm really excited about it. Now, I get it. I get the initial reaction is you're really hoping to see Penn State get into the Rose Bowl and take on the Pac-12 champion, Oregon. I thought it was still a possibility. But as we saw on Saturday in the Big Ten championship game, I really felt that Ohio State needed to blow Wisconsin out again. And you know what? The more I thought about it, the more I realized that that may not have even mattered. Because I think if you start to look at the overall bodies of work and the resumes that Penn State and Wisconsin both bring to the table, a lot of people are clinging to the fact that Penn State played Ohio State closer than any team has this season. That remains a fact. There is no question about that. As far as point differential is concerned, nobody has come closer to Ohio State than Penn State did in that next to last game of the regular season. That said, Wisconsin got two cracks at Ohio State, and they hung with them for a little bit before they got blown out earlier in the year in Columbus. They took it to Ohio State in that Big Ten championship game in that first half, and then kind of let the game slip away from them, and Ohio State took over in the second half. Uh, that was a really good performance by the Buckeyes in that second half of the game. However, you got to give Wisconsin some credit here, okay? A lot of people are going to talk about the common opponent between uh, Ohio State versus Wisconsin and Penn State. Well, if you want to go common opponent, that's actually an argument that supports Wisconsin and a reason why I think Wisconsin was able to stay ahead of Penn State in those final rankings that allowed Wisconsin to go off to the Rose Bowl instead. Keep in mind, these things were all factored in by the committee before the Big Ten Championship game. So even though Wisconsin got blown out by Ohio State, uh, they still had Wisconsin two spots ahead of the Nittany Lions in those penultimate <laughs> rankings before this conference championship game. So they already factored all of this stuff in. They already factored in that Wisconsin lost to a 6-6 six and six Illinois team, which is going to, I believe, the Red Box Bowl to take on the California Golden Bears in their bowl matchup. So all that stuff was figured in. And yes, Penn State lost two games this year. They lost on the road at Minnesota and they lost on the road at Ohio State. Two very good teams. But there's the other common opponent. Wisconsin smashed Minnesota at home uh, with a division on the line. Uh, the games against Michigan, both teams played Michigan. Wisconsin's win against Michigan was earlier in the year when Michigan wasn't playing quite as well, but they absolutely manhandled Michigan. And Michigan probably got the better of Penn State. And if they catch that ball late in the game, they may end up winning that game. So I can't say that Wisconsin's win against Michigan was less impressive than Penn State's because, my golly, it was not. And yes, I just said my golly on this podcast. So, but I, I fully understand the argument for Wisconsin. You know, they also beat Iowa. It was, they were both close games that Penn State and Wisconsin played. But again, they smashed Minnesota on the road. Penn State lost to Minnesota on the road. Wisconsin manhandled Michigan. Penn State snuck by Michigan. Wisconsin completely obliterated Michigan State. Penn State beat Michigan State comfortably, but Wisconsin's win was a little bit more impressive. So, yeah, I think when you balance it all out, you know, I still think Wisconsin had a division title, played for the Big Ten title. I think the Rose Bowl should be more of a reward for those kinds of successes if the Big Ten champion is not available. So I honestly have no problem with Wisconsin going off to the Rose Bowl. Yes, it's a little bit of a bummer. I was really hoping that Penn State would get out to the Rose Bowl. But you know what? The Cotton Bowl is a darn good game. And it's been a long time since Penn State has played in the Cotton Bowl. So I'm personally looking really forward to it. The details for this game are Saturday, December 28th. It's a noon Eastern kickoff, so it's going to be early in the day. I guess that's the first bowl game of that day. I haven't looked at the full bowl schedule. So it's kind of a little bit of a disappointment that it's going to be played so early in the day. Kind of feel like it's more worthy of a primetime atmosphere. But you know what? December 28th is going to be a pretty busy day on that bowl calendar. So uh, <laughs> there's lots of stuff going on. So I, I get it. It's a, it's a noon. It's a lead-in game for those playoff games. So I totally understand that. Now, with that said, Saturday, December 28th, noon Eastern. We've got a lot of ground to cover between now and then. Talking some Memphis Tigers. 
this is uh, the first all-time meeting between Penn State and Memphis. So it's something to keep in mind there. Memphis is actually one of those teams that I would have liked to have seen Penn State add to the schedule as a non-conference foe over the last how many years. I feel like they're a pretty decent program. Obviously, I've had some lows, but right now they're in a pretty good spot. It is going to be interesting to know because this will be the last game that Memphis head coach Mike Norvell is going to coach for the program. He has been announced and introduced as the new head coach at Florida State, but it sounds like he is committed to coaching in the bowl game. If that has changed since I've recorded this, please excuse me. I'll update it in a future episode, but that's where it stands as far as I was concerned when I hit the record button on this. So it's going to be his last game. We'll see if that fires them up a little bit. Penn State is 2-0-1 all-time in the Cotton Bowl. Last appearance was in 1974 when they defeated Baylor 41-20 to close out a 10-2 season under Joe Paterno. Previous trip under Joe Paterno was in 1971, finished out the year 11-1 after defeating Texas 30-6. And you have to go back to 1947 for Penn State's first appearance in the Cotton Bowl when they tied number 3 SMU 13-13 to close out an undefeated season at 9-0-1. So it's pretty obvious Penn State takes some pretty good teams to the Cotton Bowl the few times that they've been there. They're going to be bringing a 10-2 record into this year's Cotton Bowl game, and it should be a lot of fun. This Memphis team, we're going to talk all about them in the coming weeks and breaking them down a little bit. There's lots of players to keep an eye on, especially on that offense. This is an offense that could give Penn State some trouble, but it's going to be fun to break this one down. We'll try to bring in some people that know a little bit more about the Memphis Tigers so you can kind of get a perspective in there. Like I said, I've covered a lot of Memphis this season, so I'm pretty familiar with them. And I'll try to relay some of my uh, insight onto this program as well because I've had fun watching them and I can't wait for this particular ball matchup. Yes, I would have loved Penn State and Oregon 25 years after their, their last encounter in the Rose Bowl. But you know what? Going to the Cotton Bowl, playing in uh, that Cowboys stadium, that's going to be a pretty cool experience, and I can't for the life of me understand how anyone could be disappointed that Penn State is going to the Cotton Bowl. Is it the ultimate destination that you were hiding in the island? No, but you know what? Going to the Cotton Bowl is a lot better than going to the Citrus Bowl, which is going to have Michigan and Alabama, first of all. That's going to be a pretty fun game in itself, but it's a whole lot better than going to the Outback Bowl, as a lot of people were kind of expecting. I never expected that. I thought it was New Year's Six or bust for Penn State. I didn't think there was any way they would be left out. Things worked out in Penn State's favor. Going to the Cotton Bowl, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to have fun covering this game on the podcast coming up in the coming weeks. So make sure you're subscribed. Never miss a single episode on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Leave a rating, leave a review. And of course, stay connected to this episode and this podcast, I should say, on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. There will be an episode tomorrow for Tuesday. We'll run through the entire bowl lineup for the Big Ten, take a look at the college football playoff a little bit because these announcements were coming out as I was recording this. So I know I threw a couple in there, but we'll run through the entire bowl lineup for the Big Ten, and we'll start to look forward to the upcoming bowl season, kind of skipping around, talking about all the bowl games, take a look at some of the previous Penn State opponents that are going to bowl games. So lots of ground to cover. It's going to be a lot of fun. I enjoy this time of year. This week is actually the Army-Navy game, so maybe we'll throw in some conversation about that game at some point this week. Maybe not tomorrow, but it's going to be a fun time going into the bowl season, guys, and I look forward to talking about it with you guys right here on the Locked On Navy Lions podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my national coverage on AthlonSports.com. I will have actually Penn State team awards coming up on Athlon sometime very soon. I'll let you know when that is posted. And of course, I'm also a contributor to NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, so check us out over there as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
Come back tomorrow. Have a great Monday. Get your week started on the right foot. Follow us on Twitter. Share us your, your Spotify wrapped, and we'll retweet you guys as well. And until tomorrow, have a great day. I'll talk to you then. Bye.